This is Radio Influence. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matchups in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reed. Yes, it is the week. We've reached the month of February, and it is the week of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl L.I., Super Bowl 51 Patriots and Falcons coming up. Do either one of us dare to take the Falcons as an underdog? You're going to find out in this show. I am your somewhat capable host, T.J. Reeves. He is senior handicapper and writer, VegasInsider.com. Good to have Kevin Rogers back with us. How you feeling, Super Bowl week? You shadow boxing over there in the corner? You getting loose for this big matchup coming Sunday in Houston? Can we be honest with each other after all these years? Yeah, we can always be honest with each other. Go ahead. Let's just get this game over. <laughs> yeah, my God, yes. Can we get to the game? I mean, how many more times do we need to interview Dan Quinn? I mean, I, I, I lost track at 27. He's talked about it. He's talked is about it, it. Let's play the game. Is it, me or, is it me or not that you have these two excellent teams with fantastic quarterbacks, and there's been like no buzz, I feel like, around the Super Bowl? And I understand on Sunday – you know, you will have that. People will watch. But I feel like leading up to it, and again, you can't play the next week after the conference championships. We understand it's a, lo- it's a logistics nightmare, and you want to have, have Radio Row and all that stuff. But I kind of feel like there's not a lot of buzz. Is, is, are you feeling the same thing? Maybe it's going to grow more. And, again, we're doing this show for Thursday, and it'll grow more on Friday or Saturday. But, I mean, clearly the Patriots are a brand, and, and they're the evil empire to some, and they've won Super Bowls. But Atlanta hasn't been in this game in 20 years, as we've talked about. They're not the Dallas Cowboys. They're not the Green Bay Packers. They're not uh, some of the legendary franchises, whether you're talking Steelers, whether you're talking San Francisco 49ers that have won tons of Super Bowls, and everybody knows who their, who their fan base is and their favorite players are. So maybe that's part of it. But I think by the time we get to Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and the actual game is about to be played, it will change, Kevin, real quick. And there, there will be some buzz around this game. I, I mean, I, I hope so. You know there will be. We're all going to watch on Sunday. It's not like we're not going to. But I kind of feel like, and you're right, if you had the Packers in this game or the Cowboys against Brady and the Patriots, there would be a little more juice to it. And it's not a disrespect to the Falcons. It's just you've never really been. It's like Carolina last year. Like you, you never really been there before, so the casual football well, I shouldn't say casual, but just the casual fan is saying, "Who are the Falcons? We don't know who they are because past Michael Vick, you can't name any any other big time player in their franchise." <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You don't go back. Fan. You don't go back to Steve Bartkowski. You're not going to move forward to like William Andrews. And remember, Deion Sanders was patrolling for a while in Atlanta too. But I get your point that it's not it's not the same amount of winning. Uh, for a long time, sustained winning, brand name. So uh, maybe it does hurt it a little bit. So uh, in any event, they will play the game finally on Sunday afternoon. And you and I are going to devote a lot of the last segment to this game. And we've got to figure out if either one of us 
is going to brave the Atlanta Falcons and take the points on Three Dog Thursday. So what we also do now that we have flipped the calendar into February and we're headed to March is we talk college basketball as well. So you and I are going to talk some college basketball underdogs here in this opening segment and then get to the pro football championship, the Super Bowl in the uh, in the next segment, I will say this: uh, you had success with the Providence Friars pulling the outright upset against Marquette at Marquette. I cashed in two for two last Saturday on Georgia Tech with the outright win uh, in the upset uh, in the in the final seconds over Notre Dame on the broken play and the layup at the buzzer. And then I had Kansas outright to upset Kentucky and got that one as well. What I'm saying is, for college basketball purposes, we're off to a good start with getting some upsets here on Three Dog Thursday all, all of a sudden uh, out of the box. They need to pay attention to our basketball conversation here. Yeah, Providence for me at least worked out. You know, it was a it was a good spot as far as them bouncing back from a loss to St. John's and Marquette had come up with two really good wins, especially beating Villanova at home. So you kind of figured there would be a letdown there. One of my losses actually uh, was a, a tight game for a while, and then it broke open at the end. Was the Nebraska Northwestern game last Thursday, and Northwestern just got destroyed by Purdue on Wednesday night. And they they're, look like possibly a tournament team, but for uh, Nebraska, who actually beat Purdue in their next game, you know, I thought that they would hang with Northwestern. They did for a while, and then the Wildcats opened it up at the end. But uh, yeah, like we talked about for months, that you know now we've turned the page to February. We have a lot of important games this month, and then leading up to March Madness. So really, you know, this is the time to uh, to get in and get your prep before you get to the tournament. Yeah, no doubt that we have both done that, and what a great win for Kansas in the in the rivalry matchup. Two storied programs for them to go ahead and beat the Kentucky Wildcats the other night at Rupp Arena. Just means college basketball topsy turvy. It's going to be great. And uh, right off the bat, as we're into Thursday, you and I are both going to go for some Thursday underdogs. And, and I will tease that the number one team in the country right now, for what it's worth, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, they're in my crosshairs. But I'm going to let you go first. Give me a Thursday, a three dog Thursday college basketball underdog, Kevin Rogers. Well, if you've known me for a while, you know I like to go off the map sometimes. And with this first one, we'll start off the map in uh, TJ's favorite conference, the Colonial Athletic Association. (laughs) There's the beaten path. There's the beaten path. There's off the beaten path. And then Google Maps doesn't even have the the CAA, I think. But you do. So go on. James Madison and Elon. Why and, and what? Elon, if you didn't know, this is actually playing very well. They've won four straight. They're a five-and-a-half-point uh, home favorite to uh, to the Dukes of James Madison tonight. James Madison has gone backwards. They've lost four in a row. However, though, the one thing that, at least in college or at least in any kind of sport you play, when you can look at it two ways. When you beat someone and you've been losing, you got to feel like you have some confidence going into that game because we just beat them the last time we played them, we're not playing that well. Maybe we'll get our confidence back on track. Or you go the other way with the team that lost, and you say, well, you know, we really want to play well in this game because they beat us last time. But with that being said, I'm going to go with the first one as far as James, James Madison having some confidence now. They beat Elon last month at home. That was their last win. In that game, they out-rebounded Elon 41-23. to So, you know, the height didn't change from that game to this game. So you got to think that James Madison, who in that game, you know, they were a short favorite. Now they're flipped to an underdog in this one where maybe this could be the game that they could get back on track. They played well 
at the beginning of colonial action, and they've kind of tapered off of late. Elon has been great against the number. But you, know, you kind of look at it here, like, is this the one where they slip up? I'm going to take the points with the Dukes of James Madison. James Madison and Elon. Let the record reflect the man is an equal opportunity underdog selector. Kevin Rogers, senior handicapper, Vegas insider. As I mentioned, I am going to go after the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They right now currently have a 22-0 start to the season. Longest win streak right now in school history. Ranked number one for the first time in school history. Playing in a difficult place to play on Thursday night late. That is at Provo, at BYU, and the Marriott Center. And BYU has beaten them in the past now, in the last two or three years, in some head-to-head key situations. I I like the Cougars. They've got some young stars. Um, uh, TJ Hawes is one of those. Eric Milka is another one who leads them in scoring. Uh, Dave Rose is an excellent coach. I know Gonzaga's got all the transfers in uh, uh, Nigel Williams-Goss and uh, Jordan Matthews and a couple of others uh, that have come in there to play. And and Mark Few does a great job year in and year out. But I think in this particular instance, that's what we always focus on. You've preached that to me. I'm converted on this. In this particular instance, with the number one bullseye on them, hostile environment Thursday night, I'm going to go BYU, and again, if you're listening to this show afterwards and you know that Gonzaga rolled BYU, what do I know? But I think the BYU Cougars will win this game outright, and I will take them to upset Gonzaga. That is my first of three college basketball underdogs uh, coming. What what do you think, first of all, about Gonzaga having the number one ranking, which a lot of people are poo-pooing that because they don't play in a Power 5 league, and do you kind of go along with me here that BYU's got a great shot at home? Oh, absolutely, BYU does. I mean, that, that conference, it's basically Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU, and then everyone else in the West Coast Conference. That's been like that for years. So I don't have a problem. I mean, BYU, if you're going to think of one team that can knock off Gonzaga, it's definitely BYU. But, you know, this goes back to like the Wichita State thing from a few years ago when they were undefeated, and it goes both ways. That You can't blame, at least in the conference, who Gonzaga's playing because this is who they're playing. And... I guess they try to schedule tougher teams, but a lot of teams don't want to play them because they know how good Gonzaga is. So that is a hard one. I don't have a problem with Gonzaga being number one. With if Villanova and Kentucky and Kansas, if they all lose, there's no reason they should still be number one if Gonzaga is undefeated and they keep winning. Now, we'll see when the tournament happens. If Gonzaga has one loss or they're even undefeated, they should be a number one seed. There's nothing wrong with that, but then once they get deeper in the tournament, once they get to the round of 32, the Sweet 16 start playing more named teams, and then we'll see what they're made of. So I really, I really don't have a problem with it, you know, because if they keep taking care of their business and these other teams lose, like we saw Baylor lose to Kansas, you know, just because they're in better conferences, I mean, they should stay higher than a team that keeps winning. Well, and again, you go back to the beginning of the year, Gonzaga got some quality wins out of the conference to help on their resume. Uh, Perennial NCAA tournament team, I just think in this particular spot, that BYU is the play for Thursday night. Uh, So we progress along with some college basketball underdogs. We'll get to the Super Bowl and the game with the Patriots and the Falcons. Will either one of us take the Falcons? We also are going to get into some of those cross-sport proposition bets as well that you and I like on Three Dog Thursday in the final segment. Give me another college basketball underdog here, sir, quickly. All right, Pac-12 tonight, some teams that you've heard of, Colorado and Stanford. Colorado's getting two tonight. 
Colorado's won two straight. They're coming off a really good win over Oregon, handing them their first loss in Pac-12 play. Colorado was 0-7 in the Pac-12 before winning their last two games at home. This is a team that's been very, very close in a lot of games. They've lost four games so far by four points or less, two in overtime. They've been right there. A couple things go their way. Maybe they're not two and seven. Maybe you know they're four and five, and, and in the mix there, uh, you know, and not really the Pac-12 race, but he's moving up a little bit in the standings. Stanford has three wins, all against bottom tier teams in the league. I'm going to take the points of Colorado. All right, Colorado Buffaloes out of the Pac-12 for a Thursday night. So that's our Thursday games. And again, you may be listening to this show after Thursday as we head towards Saturday in the weekend and already know how smart Kevin was with James Madison in Colorado or how dumb I was with BYU uh, against Gonzaga at home in the Marriott Center. Let's go to Saturday. I like the Syracuse Orange off of a wild overtime win in the ACC over NC State uh, midweek. Do you know the name John Gillen? Uh, you may or may not know that name. You should know that name after midweek if you're following college basketball. Gillen had 43 points in the win, seemingly made every big shot for Jim Beheim's team. You know th- this team at home in the Carrier Dome, just they're a different team. And I, I look, they they handled Florida State at home. So uh, Syracuse coming back home for a matchup with a Virginia team that lost in a dramatic game against Villanova last Sunday that kind of had an NCAA tournament field. Tony Bennett's team is a top 10 team. Uh, They did pound Virginia Tech midweek, but this ain't Virginia Tech, and that was at home in Charlottesville. I'll take Syracuse, Kevin Rogers, as the underdog with 8th-ranked Virginia coming in on Saturday. That's an early noon game. Give me the cues. The ACC, just give me a quick comment, is just a gauntlet. We've talked about that before, but say it for the audience here. It is eight, maybe even ten teams deep that you better look out. Yeah, it's been great this year. and I mean, even Duke has had their ups and downs, and they're still a quality team. We saw North Carolina lose to Miami last Saturday, and we know they're still good, so yeah, I mean, coming up, you're going to have a lot of big – it feels like there's a lot of big-time games in this conference, and 15 teams deep, you could get nine, maybe ten. Who knows? And that's a crazy number, but you could get that amount coming up in the NCAA tournament. Maybe, and I will take Syracuse as the underdog in that early game. Give me a Saturday underdog for your uh, for your next underdog here, Kevin Rogers. All right, Big 12, Iowa State heads to Lawrence to take on Kansas. The Jayhawks off a big win over Baylor, KU, 0-3 ATS, their last three at home. So they've had a couple of close victories. Now, Iowa State, they'll probably be getting at least eight or ten points in this game since the Lions haven't come out yet. But they will be they could be a double-digit underdog in this one. Iowa State coming off a couple of losses their last two. But their biggest dog spot, they were getting nine this year at Baylor. They only lost by two. And Iowa State coming off a home loss to West Virginia – They've had their ups and downs in conference play, but uh, I like them getting points at Kansas on Saturday. All right, and again, Kansas, the huge win a week ago over Kentucky. They have gotten their act together, obviously, going for a 13th consecutive Big 12 regular season championship. Would be incredible if they can get that again. And it's a competitive Big 12. You were mentioning Baylor earlier in the show. They are good. West Virginia's good. Of course, West Virginia had the upset of Kansas, so you'll go against Kansas with the Iowa State Cyclones. I will take one more college basketball underdog. Uh, don't snicker at me too much here. I'm going to go St. John's 
uh, the red storm of St. John's against Villanova at Villanova Saturday night primetime game. Villanova number four in the country. They played a lot of close games as of late. Had the short uh, turnaround after the close loss uh, at Marquette. Had to come back and play Virginia and win that one. They struggled to put Providence away on Wednesday night. Uh, for this matchup. Meantime, uh, St. John's able to get a win, an easy win over that Marquette team that beat Villanova. Chris Mullen has got them turned around right now. Bashir Ahmed had a career-high 23 in the game at Madison Square Garden as they closed out Marquette on Wednesday night. I like the Red Storm in Big East play to keep it close uh, in this game. I don't know if they'll win the game with Villanova, but they're going to be a significant underdog. I think the Johnnies will hang in with the defending national champs. Kevin, give me a quick 10-second take. Am I crazy? Am I out of my mind to go against Villanova? No. I mean, St. John's is an improved team this year with Chris Mullen. They're coming off a nice one over Marquette. They hung with Xavier. And, I mean, the problem with Villanova, it's like you look at I mean, I hate to compare them to the Warriors, but you know they're probably going to win. You still know by how many they'll win by. And for Villanova, you know, they played well over the last you know week or so. You mentioned the Virginia win and beating Providence. That uh, Yeah, I mean, St. John's can hang, but it's just about now will St. John's have a letdown after the Marquette win. That's kind of, you know, what, what you got to think about. But St. John's definitely an improved team in the Big East this year. And Villanova loaded uh, Josh Hart. Uh, also, Chris Jenkins, the guy that was the hero of the year ago with the three-point shot. Uh, they they have got uh, many different ways to beat you, but again, uh, St. John's also with an excellent uh, score on the inside in Shamori Pond. So I'm, for whatever reason, I'm in love with the Johnnies here in this matchup. Again, they may not win it, but I think they'll keep it close with Villanova for Three Dog Thursday. All right, Kevin, stand by. Time to talk some Super Bowl upcoming with the Falcons getting ready to play the Patriots in Super Bowl 51. That is our conversation straight ahead when Three Dog Thursday continues. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. We are back in on the only digital radio show devoted to underdogs. Final NFL game coming on Sunday, but lots of college basketball. This show will be devoted exclusively to the college hoops heading through March and to the Final Four when we talk underdogs and big-time college basketball. It's right here on Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe to this show on iTunes and Stitcher. You can always find it on RadioInfluence.com, but subscribe to this show, iTunes, Stitcher, rate the show. Help us promote the show that way by telling people about Three Dog Thursday. And again, we got some college basketball winners for you uh, previously last weekend. Some underdogs that came through as outright winners. Kevin is going with the James Madison Dukes out of the Colonial Athletic Association on Thursday night, as well as the Colorado Buffaloes on Thursday night. Saturday, Iowa State Cyclones are his underdog against Kansas. Again, you may be listening to this show and already know how he did or didn't do with those underdogs. Same thing with me. I'm taking BYU on Thursday night to upset Gonzaga outright and stop their 22-game win streak. I'm either a genius or I look pretty stupid for going against Gonzaga. And then I'm taking Syracuse at home out of the ACC Saturday with Virginia and St. John's at Villanova as my underdogs on Saturday in college basketball. 
with all of that out of the way, you were joking earlier, can we get to the game? Some of some of the fans may be listening to us finally on Saturday or on Super Bowl Sunday. If you're listening on Super Bowl Sunday, thank God you've gotten to the day of the game for Three Dog Thursday. So the real question becomes, Kevin Rogers, do either one of us like the Atlanta Falcons? Let me pose it like this. If there's a scenario where Atlanta wins this game, what has to happen? If they're going to win it, what do they have to do well? Something. What do the Patriots have to do wrong to give Atlanta the chance? Basically, I think they have to follow the formula of what the Giants did and just totally shutting down the offensive line of the Patriots, getting to Tom Brady. And I know that sounds easier said than done, but you know when you look back, the Patriots have had so many competitive Super Bowls. Even the two against the Giants, they were winning in the fourth quarter. I mean, think about it. They gave up 10 points in the first Super Bowl against the Giants before you had the ridiculous David Tyree catch, and they went down and scored. So the defense played very well in that one. They also played well in the second one against the Giants, but the Patriots' offense just really couldn't get going. But in the other Super Bowls, it felt like the offense got going, especially in the last one against Seattle where Tom Brady had four touchdown passes, completed 75% of his passes, and who was the defensive coordinator of Seattle then? Mm, That would be Dan Quinn, wouldn't it? So that's something to take in a take a look at uh, in that regard. Uh, I, I really believe the great equalizer, and we saw this kind of in the Houston playoff game. Tom Brady making a couple of mistakes. Now uh, it, it, you can't bank on that, and I don't know that Atlanta can put enough pressure on him. I mean, the Atlanta secondary not very good. I mean, you look at the points allowed, for example. For Atlanta against the teams that had winning records versus the teams with losing records, their points allowed goes up like 10 points. That tells you on their defensive side of the ball, they're going to have some issues uh, here with the Patriots. But uh, turnovers would be part of it for the Falcons. And and basically for Atlanta, you're going to have to establish some kind of running game because Belichick's going to find a way to neutralize your pass game as the game goes on if the Falcons can't run it. So if you can run the ball and get some turnovers, that's the path, I believe, for Atlanta to win this game. That being said, it is Three Dog Thursday. Kevin, what do you think? Here, are you going to go Falcons at all? No, I'm going to go with the Patriots. And, you know, somebody brought this point up to me, too, that think about this for a second. Atlanta was an 11-5 and team this year, which is a good record. You know, that really is. And they put up a ton of points. They led the NFL scoring. The Patriots lost one game with Tom Brady, at quarterback, this year. They didn't have him for four games. They went 3-1 and one in those games. They lost in Buffalo. They lost one game with Tom Brady, at quarterback. And they lost to Seattle in the last seconds on uh, – play at the end where maybe Rob Gronkowski got a grab in the end zone, maybe he didn't. So that just shows you this New England team, I mean, you think about it. They lost, what, one out of uh, 14 games with Tom Brady this year at quarterback? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And even though the Patriots haven't been great against the number in the Super Bowl, they've never put up a clunker. They haven't. The two Super Bowl losses, they've been right there until the end. And for Atlanta, even though we know they have plenty of talent offensively and Dan Quinn's done a good job with them defensively, I, I just, I really can't see the Falcons beating them. I can't. I think a lot of people want to root for Atlanta just to see New England lose. But other than having a dynamic offense, dynamic offenses have not won Super Bowls. It's been proven over time. 
So I got to go with the Patriots here. Well, and I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to stay away from the Falcons as the underdog. I just I, I know that Atlanta won games early in the year. They went to Oakland and won. They went to Denver and won, had chance to win in Seattle early in the year in the first half of the season, and then there was the horrible no-call on the obvious pass interference against Julio Jones that could have potentially gotten them into field goal range to win the game at Seattle. And I'm not taking away that they won their games, like you were mentioning down the stretch of the season, but uh, with the exception, really, of the Thursday night win against my Buccaneers in October, they didn't really beat anybody away from home down the stretch of the year. They lost at Philadelphia. They beat an awful L.A. Rams team in the Coliseum. They beat an awful Carolina team that had mailed it in at Carolina. This is by far the toughest team they have played away from home in the last two or three months. And I think level of competition matters and will be a big deal in this game. And a lot of the New England uh, players have been in many of these big games, if not Super Bowls, in and around Tom Brady. When you're talking about Hightower, Edelman, no, they don't have Gronkowski. Uh, but on and on down the list, they've, they've got the McCourties. They've got the in the secondary. They've got players uh, that have played, uh, Devin McCourty I'm talking about, they've got players that have played in these big games before and in the Super Bowl before, and I will just take New England's experience here. I don't believe they're going to turn it over. I don't think the Falcons are going to run it well enough. I think Brady will throw it well enough, and I think New England wins this game maybe by double figures, something like 31-21, 34-24. I think the Falcons, Julio Jones is going to get some catches. Uh, Matt Ryan is going to get some yards. But I just I don't see them stopping New England enough, and I think the Patriots uh, will win this game. So both of us have poo-pooed the Falcons getting the five points, the four and a half of the five points on Three Dog Thursday. You and I are curious about a couple of proposition bets crossing sports. We're not we're not going to go for all the who's going to win the coin toss, how long will Lady Gaga take uh, to perform the halftime show, but there are some cross-sport proposition bets that are intriguing here. Do you have one? Because I have a couple that I like that involve other sports and the Super Bowl for Sunday. I have one, and it involves the NBA and John Wall, the Washington Wizards. He's facing the New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday night. And John Wall's listed at minus 9.5 points against Matt Ryan's first touchdown pass, the length of his first touchdown pass. <laughs> now, granted, now listen, now hear me out now. Now, granted, that first touchdown pass can be in the third quarter. It could be in the fourth quarter. It could be whenever right. because he, the Falcons can score three touchdowns on the ground. or you know. But John Wall has a cap. John Wall is not going to score 75 points in a game. It's right. not happening. Like, you know it's not happening. Matt Ryan can throw for a 75-yard touchdown pass. So, like, he probably wouldn't, but he right, can. Matt Ryan right. can throw a 99-yard touchdown pass. Right, right. Like that, like, so I guess the point is, is that John Wall will probably score somewhere in the 20s, and if he ends up scoring, let's just say, 25 points, minus 9.5. So, I mean, you could get a 16-yard or longer touchdown pass to win that bet. And for Matt Ryan this year on the road, he had six of his first touchdown passes on the road. Six of them were of 21 or longer. Okay. And a lot of them that he had at home were much shorter. So maybe going on the road, they go for, you know, maybe a bigger hit there as opposed to at home where, you know, they just go down the field and they'll throw like a two-yard touchdown pass. So, you know, you got to hope that they get inside the five or inside the ten, depending on what John Wall does Saturday night, that they run the ball maybe and then they could restart the next drive and hope that the next drive, that first touchdown pass, will be a little bit longer. 
So I guess I look at it like you give yourself a, a, a little bit more of a window where I feel like with some of these basketball players that they can only score so many points. So that's where I go with that. I'll take the nine and a half on Matt Ryan's first touchdown pass versus John Wall points. All right. So again, the Wizards and the Pelicans game, and that is a Saturday game, actually. You'll take John Wall's points versus Matt Ryan's of length of his first touchdown pass. And obviously, if Ryan doesn't throw a touchdown pass, that 86 is it all together. It assumes that Matt Ryan throws one in the game uh, as well. So I like crossing over these different sports, and I'm going to go with two of them. Uh, in the Cavaliers-Knicks game, I am going to go with Kyrie Irving scoring more points than the Atlanta Falcons. Again, I think the Falcons will be somewhere around 21, 24 points. The Knicks are struggling. It's not an NBA conversation that we're going to have at great length. I think Kyrie Irving will get a lot of a lot of chances to score against them, and I think he'll have more than 21 points, probably more than 25 points in this game. I feel comfortable taking his point total versus the Atlanta Falcon point total. I liked a golf one for Sunday, and that is involving Phil Mickelson and the PGA Tours Waste Management Open. I always love to mix a golf in with the Super Bowl and Super Bowl 51. I like Phil going against the New England Patriots rushing yards. I like Phil's final round score. Now, this presupposes that Mickelson makes the cut. And again, if you're listening to us on Three Dog Thursday, you may know because you follow golf that Phil didn't make the cut. But at the time we're talking, I'm supposing he makes the cut. I'm taking his final round score to be, uh, in this case, greater his final round score will be greater than the Patriots' rushing yards. I don't think the Patriots are going to run for a whole heck of a lot here uh, in this game. And Phil's going to shoot, Kevin, somewhere around like 68, 70, 72, maybe 74. I think the Patriots are going to throw, throw, throw in this game. Their, their, uh, their rushing yards will be less than that. They may only rush for around 50 or 40 yards or something like that. Give me Phil Mickelson to have more on his golf score than Patriots rushing yards in the game. So there's another cross-sport wager for you and I uh, for this matchup. So again, you can bet on everything. Uh, From the length of the time of the game, what's the first penalty of the game, all those different odds, all those different things, you and I will cross over with the NBA and the PGA Tour for a couple of prop bets uh, there on that. So you're ready for the game to be played, as we mentioned are we going to call Belichick and Brady the greatest coach and quarterback of all time if they win this one? Because that's five Super Bowl wins for each if they get it. What do you think? Real quick. It has to be. Has to be. Beats Montana, beats Bradshaw. It has to be. All right. We'll see if that is the case. Listen, good luck with your underdogs. Uh, Kevin, give the plug for where they can find out more this entire weekend about the Super Bowl, college basketball, NBA, whatever they want. Go ahead. Absolutely. NFL, we have everything on VegasInsider.com to get you ready for the big game. For Super Bowl 51, Advantage Patriots piece, which I wrote, Advantage Falcons piece, which is coming up, Advantage Over, Advantage Under, uh, MVP odds, all that stuff. You can find all the props also as well, anything you want. If you want silly props, if you want just straight-up game props, it's all there. We have the most comprehensive Super Bowl coverage on VegasInsider.com. Also, you can check us out on Twitter at TwitBI. Again, all of that information, analysis, insight available there. Follow Kevin Rogers at VI Rogers. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Again, Kevin's underdogs in college basketball Thursday, James Madison in Colorado, Saturday, Iowa State. I've got BYU Thursday, Syracuse, and St. John's on Saturday. We both like the Patriots to win in Super Bowl 51 and cover for Three Dog Thursday purposes. 
services. Listen, my friend, enjoy the entire weekend, including the Super Bowl. I look forward to talking with you next week about some more college basketball as that cranks up in the Super Bowl aftermath. Thank you, Kevin Rogers. All right, TJ, thank you. Follow this show again at Three Dog Thursday. Go to the website, threedogthursday.com. For Kevin Rogers, I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the games, including Patriots, Falcons, and Super Bowl 51. Bye. Hey, guys and gals, this is Ian Beckles. You may know me from my nine seasons in the NFL or from listening to me in sports radio for years. But now you get to see and hear the real me, uncensored me, and also unfiltered as well on my new podcast, Ian Beckles, Flavoring Your Ear. What's flavoring your ear? I'll tell you what it is. It's a whole lot of fun. Food, fashion, sports, sex, politics, and my personal adventures as well. And a whole lot more food. Make sure to check out Ian Beckles, Flavoring Your Ear, each Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in radio and radioinfluence.com.